Welcome to Cuyamaca Conversations. My name is Taylor Smith. I'm the chair of the Performing Arts Department at Cuyamaca College. On today's episode, I will be interviewing Tasha Smith-Godinez. Tasha is a professional harpist and harp teacher based in San Diego. In fact, she was born and raised here, attended San Diego State University for both a bachelor's and master's degree in music. In our discussion, we talk about her beginnings as a musician, what it is like to be a professional harpist, as well as some discussion about some new business ventures that she's undertaken due to the COVID-19 lockdown. As part of the introduction today, we heard one of Tasha's pieces titled Quiet Memories. Tasha Smith-Godinez, thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So let's start with just a little bit of an introduction to yourself. Can you tell us a bit about who you are, what do you do musically here in San Diego, etc.? Yes. Uh, so I'm a harpist. And um, within that, I teach. I have a private studio of students of all ages. And then I teach at the University of San Diego, as well as Palomar College. And I'm a performer, freelance. So I perform in San Diego and uh, anywhere I can anywhere I can go. Yeah. So now are you from here originally? Or I are am. you Okay. So you grew up in San Diego? I did. Yep. Born and raised. Awesome. And where did you go to school? I was homeschooled, actually. Okay. And then yeah. what about like for college? Since you're since you're teaching at a college, you must have some sort of college training, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I uh, started at Grossmont College and then went to San Diego State University. And then I, um, I got a bachelor's degree in music performance at SDSU. After graduating, I went to Paris and studied at the École Normale de Musique in Paris and got a performing, performance diploma there and then returned and studied for a master's degree at SDSU. Oh, okay, great. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, so can you talk a little bit about kind of your musical experience here? Are there certain venues where you perform often, certain groups where you're with a lot or, or any of those kinds of details? <clears throat> Absolutely. So uh, I do... A variety of different types of performance or at least styles of music with the harps. So um, frequently you'll see me performing with ensembles at UCSD with their avant-garde and new music ensembles. Um, and then I play, um, of course, classical music. So I freelance with different chamber groups and orchestras. Um, and I play jazz, so I uh, have a duo um, with someone from Los Angeles, a percussionist, as well as then a trio here in town uh, with Nico Hueso and Nathan Hubbard. We're called the Nitana Trio, so we uh, we perform uh, original pieces by Nathan and myself and then uh, a few other people that are fairly local. Uh, and you'll often find me performing with Leonard Patton in a, with our, my other duo. So those are kind of my, my groups. Uh, pre COVID, I was doing a lot of performing. I had a, um, a Monday night series twice a month that I curated and 
I always performed because it was kind of a way to show showcase the harp in different ways. And so I would perform with different colleagues. Um, and then I'd just be playing any, you know, everywhere, I guess, a very, very, a lot of places. It's hard to pinpoint a, a specific place. Um, now with COVID, I've done a lot of virtual things and, you know. Yeah. So that all kind of came to a screeching halt in March of last year. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So oh, that's cool. Jazz harp. So I actually, um, when I was in high school, uh, played a concert with Lori Andrews mm-hmm. um, and, cause, and her husband, who was a bassist. So yep. they kind of kind of tour together. Uh, and so I played a, a concert with her and I got to do kind of like a little duet, just the two of us. And that was the first time I've ever heard jazz harp before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great to know that, that she's not the only one, that there's more people than that. Doing there's, that. there's quite a few of us actually that, that w- just want to play more than what is the stereotypical harp music. <laughs> right. Right. And I remember, cause I, I don't even know if I had seen a harp at that point in my life. Mm. Um, and so like, and she was like bending notes with the pedals and things. And it just like blew my mind that that was even a thing that was possible. So that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, excellent. All right. So, um, so now how, how long have you been playing the harp? When did you start? I was eight years old when I started with the harp. Uh, I had been begging my parents when I would see one. And so for Christmas, I walked out and there was this little harp and they had rented a little harp and they'd gotten me some lessons and that's where it all started. Wow. So, and that was what you wanted to play from the beginning is you were begging to play harp specifically? Uh, Yes. I I also play the violin. I had started with violin lessons when I was very little. We did Suzuki when I was like three, you know, and so I, I was playing in a, in the San Diego Youth Symphony in the, in the younger kids, uh, the preparatory orchestra. And I would see the harpist playing in the big kid orchestra, you know, in the actual youth symphony. And uh, that's where I first saw it and just kept telling my parents, I want that. I'd stand at the door and interrupt the rehearsal going, mom, there's the harp, you know, (laughs) they would hear me. So So your thought was as, as a little eight year old girl, like, I just want to make sure that my parents always have to have a really big car for the rest of my life. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I'm a bassist myself. And so like the last time I bought a car, I had to take my bass to the dealership with me to make sure that it would fit inside because yes. if it doesn't fit inside, then it's we, kind of a useless car for people. We've done that. And, <laughs> and actually it's, it's, it's kind of funny. We, we took my harp and then my husband would stand and watch me load it on my own into the car and out of it at the dealership. And of course the men working at the dealership always gave my husband these looks like, right. <laughs> what's your deal? <laughs> Why aren't you helping her? Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, you know, I need to be able to do it on myself by myself and, <laughs> I'm small in stature, so I need to be able to make sure that it's something I can do. Right. Kind of funny. Yeah, that's funny. Excellent. Um, so, so you started playing as a, as a little girl, eight, eight year old girl. And then, um, was that kind of always then from that point forward, something that you were, you were doing playing harp? you know, taking lessons, playing in orchestras, all that stuff from that point forward? Yes. I I did harp and violin just about equally until I needed to choose when I went to college, you know, how, how much time am I going to be able to dedicate to each instrument? And that's when I chose to really have my focus. I knew that my heart was really with playing a harp, even though I enjoyed the violin. Uh, But it's kind of all I ever envisioned myself doing. I never really had dreams of being anything but a musician. So... Mm. 
So yeah, so that was going to be my next question. So the idea of like being a harpist as a job was just kind of ever present. It, you didn't really like stumble across that at one point. It just kind of was always there. It was just kind of, that's who I was. <laughs> I don't, I, I just <laughs> understood myself as this is me. This is what I do. Um, yeah. And then I will do whatever it takes to to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for me, you know, I, I that, similar to you, went to college to study music and stuff. But for me, I, I mean, I guess it was the same. But when it came time to pick a major, I was just like, well, I guess music. I don't know what else I would do. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have like a, a a vision of myself, like I'm going to be a musician when I grew up. It was just kind of like something I was always doing. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to pick a, a major and something to do with my life, I was like, well, like, I, I guess music, you know, <laughs> what else would I do? Um, yeah. I mean, I couldn't major in like skateboarding or something. So I guess, you know, music <laughs> was the next thing to choose. Excellent. Um, so, all right. So now we're in this weird, you know, pandemic lockdown thing, although we're just starting to come out. Have you played any gigs in person yet now that things have kind of started to open up? I've played a couple gigs. I uh, I played at the Estancia Hotel for a tea party. That was kind of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I have a few things coming up on the calendar. Um, I I do a lot of freelance work, like weddings and funerals and things like that. So I've done a couple other, thing, other things in the last two months. But um, I'm looking forward to the real concerts coming, you know. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the fun part. Right. So now, kind of ignoring that we're in this kind of weird limbo state right now, uh, what do you see yourself doing in the next couple of, like, if, if, like, pretending that COVID wasn't happening, do you have any kind of long or semi-long-term projects that you're working on, goals, anything like that? I do. Uh, So last year, when everything came to, you know, a halt in March, I, I went into this mode of thinking, okay, well, obviously I'm not going to waste this time. So how am I going to, what am I going to accomplish now that I have time for that I didn't have maybe have time for before? So I finally fulfilled a dream of mine, which was to start a, um, a publishing company for my own music and the arrangements that I make for the harp uh, and to actually finish my arrangements and, you know, actually make the scores of my compositions and everything so that it was not just scribbles on paper and and everything. So I went into full mode of let's get this going. So now I have, it's called Ananga Records and Publishing and it's for, it's um, now I publish arrangements of popular music and jazz tunes that I've been working on. uh, And my own compositions. So I'm continuing to kind of push that through and learning all the ins and outs of how do I advertise that? And, you know, and then I've been doing a lot of recording. So I now have a few projects in the next year or two that will be either are already finished and will be coming out this year, released this year, or are kind of in the, in the works of being recorded. So. That's awesome. So, so with your publishing company, um, are you like selling the arrangements and stuff? Is that part of the idea? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so have you had any success with that? I have. Uh, of course, it's only harp music, so it's um, <laughs> yeah, the niche audience for sure. But. Exactly. It's it's, <laughs> but it's uh, but it's there, and so it's uh, um, at the moment what I what I have other than my own pieces are I've um, been p- starting to publish the arrangements of Chick Corea's 
piano music that I recorded last year for, uh, it was my album Harp Chick, which was all Chick Korea. Um, and so getting those published and then getting the, the word out there, because a lot of his music works really well on the harp, which you wouldn't necessarily expect. Uh, so, you know, it's just getting started, but I think that given time and it, it'll, it'll take off pretty well with harpists. Um, and one kind of exciting project is a, uh, is a new album coming out on Centaur Records that, uh, should be released in the, about three to four months. And it's all avant-garde pieces that were composed for me. So, um, that's another thing I do is I, I really enjoy working directly with composers to, uh, to have new music for the harp. And, uh, it can be, it's a lot of different styles, not just, you know, but typically ends up being along the avant-garde kind of new music lines. Yeah. So when you do those avant-garde type things, I know that, you know, quite often it involves all sorts of weird extended techniques and stuff. Mm -hmm. So what kinds of things do they ask harpists to do when these composers come up with these crazy ideas? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's a lot. Um, I, I mean, it can be everything from, let's see, I just right on the table here, I have this giant walk stick. It's like a big chopstick. And one composer asks me to, you know, just like scrape, scrape it on it the wire the string, <laughs> um, all kinds of different sound effects with the strings themselves, knocking on the harp in different ways, um, bending the strings up at the top, different tunings. There's yeah. noises with the pedals. There's all kinds of, the, the harp is really, it lends itself very well to extended techniques, which... Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking because it's so wide open. You know, there's so mm -hmm. many areas on the instrument that are accessible. Um, exactly. You know, I mean, I'm thinking about a prepared piano, but take away the keyboard and that's basically, you've still got all the other things there that a harp could do. Yeah. That a piano can't in a way. So that's... Yeah. And with pi kind of, prepared piano, the pianist a lot of times has to get up and do things, but we have it all right, right in front of you. Yeah. In front of us. Yeah. Right. So you can reach into your pocket and pull a Totally. Something out and stick it in there while you're playing. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. We do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Literally. that's really cool. That's cool. Um, so what would you say right now is your primary focus as we're kind of exiting this weird situation? What are you what are your sights on for the most immediate future? Uh as the concert venues open more, it's to uh to be able to get more concerts that promote the music that I've been recording. Uh, and I think actually just continuing more with my recording projects, focusing on that, uh, the, um, I want to perform live, but at the same time, <laughs> I, I think I want to perform live in the venues and places that I want to perform, right. which before I was in full blown freelance gigging mode. And uh, it wore me out and I didn't have time to do all of the creative things that I really wanted to do that I finally last year and, and into this year am doing as far as composing my own music and, and doing these other, you know, even the recording projects that I had wanted to do. There wasn't time to do that. So uh, now that I'm doing these things, I don't want to let go of them. I don't want to get yeah. so busy. So... Yeah, yeah, in fact, that was actually kind of part of my next question was going to be, are there things that you have encountered or done in the last year that you are going to continue that you maybe wouldn't have done as a result? Like I've talked to some others who've said, yeah, I'm doing these like long distance recording projects that I 
totally would have never done. In fact, Nathan Hubbard, he and I talked about this thing where he's got this people literally spread, you know, across the continent that they were always too busy to work together and they live too far apart to really play together live. But because of this, now they've been playing together these, you know, kind of weird um, transcontinental recording sessions, basically. Yeah. And he was saying, yeah, I'm really hoping that that doesn't stop when we go back to gigging and stuff. So it sounds like recording and and uh, arranging, publishing your pieces is something that you took up to to fill in the gap of no gigs and stuff. And now um, you're going to continue, sounds like. yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Great. And then also being pickier about where, you, where you're going to play in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Not just taking <laughs> every gig, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Totally. Well, that's great. So if you had to, if you could go back in time and talk to, say, high school Tasha or just starting in college Tasha and kind of give her a talking to about what to look forward to, what to watch out for, you know, things like that, what, what might you say? Uh, I think, I think the biggest one for me, the struggle that I had up and not now, but, but throughout my, you know, late high school and, and in my twenties playing, um, is I constantly compared myself to other harpists constantly. And it, that hurts you rather than helping you. Sometimes it's good motivation, but at the same time, it's, it's, I found it detrimental to my, my own creativity and ability to play. And it, it caused more anxiety than performance anxiety than it did actually helping to motivate me. So I'd probably tell myself to, to not compare myself to other musicians and other harpists, but instead to compare myself to my goals and dreams and just always be analyzing, okay, is what I'm doing helping me get to those dreams and goals, regardless of what other harpists are doing. <laughs> yeah. So keeping track of kind of your own progress and mm -hmm. your own trajectory rather than what other people are up to who may have a totally different progression and trajectory. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And that became even more obvious to me as I uh, started having kids uh, and had even less practice time. <laughs> and I had to decide, okay, you know, She's doing that, but she doesn't have three kids. I have three kids and I'm doing this. Like, stop trying to compare yourself and just be you and just do, do your thing, you know, and work hard in the way that you can. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's great advice. Uh, I mean, I, 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 with somebody with two kids who never has time to practice, um, I, I, yeah, it's a victory just to be able to like pull my instrument out sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And so if I was constantly comparing myself to, other people who aren't in that same situation, like that would be a losing game for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I was very liberated when I finally realized or realized that's what I was doing to myself and, you know, yeah. Stopped. Well, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I wanted to send some people your way to find out more about you and maybe your publishing company, where could I send mm -hmm. them? Uh, my website, it's just tashasmithgodinez.com. Okay. Yep. And there's info there about like upcoming gigs, all that kind of stuff. Yes. I mean, when, the, when they the, exist, of course. The I, upcoming I, gigs probably needs to be <laughs> updated a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but actually, I, I do have some things coming up starting in June and on. Uh, so it will be updated very soon with, with uh, where you can hopefully come live or at least see um, virtual also. Great. Well, that's, that's excellent. Well, thanks for talking to me. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. For making the time. And thank you.